Time now for Crossfire. It's time for Crossfire. Brought to you by ASAP General Stores and Lucille's Roadhouse. To catch Crossfire in podcast format, go to Google or Apple Podcasts and search Right Time for Western Oklahoma or download the app. Search News Talk KCLI in your app store. And now with the live weather report from Oklahoma City is uh, Representative Munson. I'm I'm rubbing off on you. You are. Everyone is. Waking up. Yeah. What is it like out there? I haven't been all the way outside yet. The sun's coming up. Clear skies. Yeah. Orange and pink out there. I like the idea of us being meteorologists as opposed to politicians. We should try that. Well, I don't want to pick on them, but, you know, we'd only have to be right about, you know, one out of ten and be having <laughs> have a good success. That's probably not too far off from our jobs, too. I hope not. You're, you're a... You're prognosticators of a different type. That's right. Prognosticating yeah, yeah. what bills are going to be out of the session. So what's your favorite bill coming up? That's our first question. Um, special session this week, you really didn't deal with much except a tax cut possibly in the House. The Senate refused to hear the bill. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But what about your favorite bill? What What is your favorite bill, Representative Munson? My favorite um, will actually be uh, a bill that I hope we will get across the finish line to address deferred maintenance. We've talked about for our uh, regional universities and rural institutions. We've talked about it quite a bit. I've been to Swasu. I've been to all of our Russo um, campuses. Higher Education Day is coming up on the 8th, so I hope that'll be a topic of discussion when they come and visit us <clears throat> next Thursday. But that is an issue that I've been pretty passionate about since I was in college. And so to be able to work on it as a legislator, uh, Representative Moore hosted an interim study by Hilbert, Speaker Pro Tem Hilbert and I. And so um, that I think will have good bipartisan support on both sides of the chambers. And so uh, while it's not my bill, um, my primary, you know, I'm not the primary author on the legislation. I know Representative McBride from Moore will do a good job working on it and we'll help him. And so I'm very excited about that. You know, that's so important to keep up the facilities that are here. Yes. And it's a big the, deal. The, are you looking at anything, the the same thing type thing for the Capitol? Because I was on that committee, mm-hmm. so were you, Representative Munson, yep. the, the, the Capitol Restoration Committee. We spent, hundred and I think, $240 million altogether for that project. But what are we doing to keep the Capitol up? Is that something yeah. that you're looking at, uh, talking about that, restitution or uh, yeah, that can, restoration? <clears throat> That committee still exists. Uh, we also have been working on the Jim Thorpe building, which you know has the Oklahoma Corporation Commission located in there and a couple other agencies, including the Oklahoma Arts Council. And I'm so sorry, my throat really is <clears throat> acting a little funny today, um, which is a you know state government building just down the street from the Capitol. But some of our conversation, too, and Representative McBride and I talk about this a lot, that you know while the, the Capitol is – it's absolutely gorgeous, those listening, if you haven't been to see the renovations and restoration and the art that's been replaced um, and hanging up in the building, please come by. Uh, but there's, there are now needs that need to be addressed that, um, you know, weren't needs seven or eight years ago, right, Harold? So yes. um, we've got to keep our buildings um, in good shape. And with our um, 
interest in addressing deferred maintenance for our universities, especially our Russo schools. When we're talking about workforce, you got to have buildings that are standing and working and um, in order for students to be able to fill those buildings and and learn and put good technology in those buildings and classrooms um, to prepare for the workforce. And so it's it's an economic development issue just as much as it is a higher ed issue. Representative Moore, what's your favorite bill that you're looking at? Well, my favorite bill is easily my expansion of Oklahoma's promise to children of educators, certified teachers that have taught 10 years and are continuing to teach. Uh, the retention, the recruitment, uh, you know, it's just the the workforce development piece. There's so many pieces of this that I think are going to be transformational. Um, excited to see uh, how that goes. Obviously waiting on the fiscal impact is I think that'll be the biggest hurdle for that. But it's gotten a lot of talk everywhere. I was in uh, talking to someone from UCO. They 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 were bragging on it. Um, so basically what does the bill do? It would, it would allow uh, anyone who is a student uh, or child of an educator that is a certified teacher that has taught at least 10 years and is still currently teaching to attend college. The state would pay for their tuition of the portion of their college. My wife was an Oklahoma's Promise teacher. Oklahoma's Promise right now is just uh, based on um, funding, you know, what, what your family finances are like. Uh, but it would expand that out, so it would really be a big piece for recruitment and retention for teachers, but also it would keep some of those kids here in state that go out of state, and we know that they're incredibly more likely to live, work, and raise a family here if they go to college here, so it's a workforce development piece as well. For those of you not familiar, Oklahoma Promise is a great program that it's it's not about as much about grades as it is being able to afford to go to college and, yep. and getting some help and preventing, yep. I'm going to say editorialize, preventing debt, if some at least, Absolutely. possible yep. uh, through that program. So yeah, I always supported Oklahoma Promise. So this last week, you, you came into special session. The Senate came in and gaveled out, but the House worked a little bit. Tell us about that. Start with you, Anthony. What did you think about you passed? You actually passed a, ta- a quarter percent tax cut in the House. We did. Um, you know, it's the only bill that we could consider. Um, there was a lot of c- talk about, you know, is it enough? Is it not? The reality is it's the only bill that we could consider. And um, I was of the opinion and still am that we needed to do something and something was better than nothing. And so that's why I voted for that. You know, we need we've been looking at multiple different ways for making an impact on people, uh, especially in this high inflation uh, time that we're living in. And so doing all that we can to get back and, and let people decide, listen, we've got a we've got a high watermark for rainy day fund. We're in a great position financially. We need to let people decide where their tax dollars go by giving it back to them and let them spend it where they want. Listening uh, to the debate, Representative Moore, uh, Representative Munson, uh, it sounded like to me the Democrats were were wanting to wait mainly. Uh, that was sort of part of the argument, at least. Let's see what the the results of the final uh, tabulations are concerning the budget. Is that the case? Yeah, we we brought up a few points. One being the Board of Equalization will meet February fifteenth to give us our final the numbers that will be authorized on what the legislature can appropriate. So we brought up, uh, we brought that up as a current concern and then um, a lot of concern around um, just potential cuts in the future and what a $250 million loss in revenue to the state budget could do to uh, state agencies and uh, services that we provide to Oklahomans. And I shared a little bit about um just the stories and the experiences we had, Harold, in 2018, 16, 17, and 18. But 18 was when we raised the revenue. But right before that, the 
the days when Oklahomans would come to the Capitol sharing their stories about what services being uh, were being discussed to be cut and what that impact would be on them, and particularly around health and human services and education. Um, you know, just recently I had a meeting with a group of engineers who, con- you know, they're contracted by the Department of Transportation and work on roads and bridges across the state of Oklahoma and, you know, really a, cri- a mix of political party for them. It's really about the work they do and, and um, what they provide to the state through the Department of Transportation, having concern about, yeah, inflation costs uh, when it comes to uh, the eight-year plan and, and fearing not um, having enough revenue to fund the plan as is because of cost increase and what a decrease could do in the future. And so uh, we we elevated those concerns and then really whether or not this 0.25% cut in income tax would really help working people. And I I just brought up our base pay, you know, just $47,500, you get $100 back for the year. And is that really worth it when it comes to uh, the impact that it'll have on our state and not really making a huge difference for working Oklahomans? And so um, obviously, as we've discussed, the session isn't taking anything up this week and we'll go into regular session uh, on Monday. And I don't foresee this issue going away. And so I'm sure we'll continue to have discussion about it as we go into regular session. So uh, Last week, we had Governor Stitt on the program, and he said we're going to get, he wasn't going to give state employees a raise until he could give Oklahomans a raise through a tax cut. Do you, do you buy into that uh, argument at all, Representative Moore? Well, I mean, we need to be careful, of course, because if we're given uh, – we are trying to be fiscally responsible. As conservatives, you know, I mean, it's very important to me that we're responsible fiscally. We have a $4 billion surplus. We have over $400 million. The BOE said last month over $400 million in excess of what we're expecting. And if you look, my three years, the BOE numbers have been very conservative, which is good. I want them to be conservative, but we've been over even what their conservative estimate is. So we're over the $400 million mark. Uh, $250 million back into taxpayer pockets uh, is very simply uh, – last in 2018, when you had to vote on the revenue in- – or the tax increase, we, we needed about 38 and so we've got four billion. We've got you know we've got money there for the downturn. We're protected. Um, it's time to give give it back to the taxpayer and let them decide where they need it. Um, maybe they need it for debt servicing. Maybe they need it for for extra things around their house. But it's up to them. And listen, I get it. You know, I mean, Cindy's point's not wrong. Um, it's a hundred dollars. But how many of us, if we all walk down the street and see a hundred dollar bill, are going to go? Well, it's just a hundred dollars. I'm going to leave it there. Not one. Not one. And so it's a, you know, to, to discount that, you know, it's the same thing as the grocery tax bill. The grocery tax bill isn't a huge impact to the low earners that need it the most either. It's really not, but it's been a, a high talking point. And the ones who benefit from that the most are the ones who don't get government benefits and, and buy the most groceries. And so, it, it, you know, and, and I'm not talking about Cindy here. When I talk about this, a lot of my friends on the Democrat side really pushed that grocery tax. And I haven't heard Cindy push it as much, so I'm not talking about her. But they pushed that. It's not a big difference for the people that really need it the most either. Good point. Um, Representative Moore, what what were your thoughts about the comment about not giving employees a raise? Because I can tell you uh, that uh, there's some areas of state government where the employees are Really, it's hard to find good people to work in some of those jobs. Well, and one of the things that I've seen the most, um, you know, in the judiciary side of things, um, 
it doesn't need to be a blanket raise across the board. We need to get people level so they can compete. Because right now, for example, and this is something that I'm passionate about because I know about it, the district attorneys are significantly underpaid compared to the AG's office and compared to the OID's office. And so it's not apples to apples. And they're not they're, they're fighting for the same people that want to be in that system, that want to help people that are looking for ways to serve, because that is working in the DA's office is a service to the state. But they're they're underpaid as compared to uh, similar fields, whether it's the AG or the OIDS office. And so if you give a blanket raise across the board, you're not helping those that are still below average. And so then they need to come back and get another raise to try to get there. And it's just it, it's a never ending cycle. So we need to level. We need so to give so raises. You're saying to you need to look at certain areas. We need to give raises to the ones that are below average and get them all to a level field where they can compete. Do you agree with that, Representative Munson? Are you, are you thinking the same about that? Well, there have been even specific agencies who have asked for um, being able to have appropriations to to raise to God. To, excuse me, like my my words to provide a pay raise for their employees. I'm thinking just off the top of my head, last session was the Historical Society. I mean, they have PhD level too. Representative Moore's point about competition. They have PhD level folks who are working on behalf of the state to preserve our history and which is very important as we were talking about with preservation of our buildings and facilities that, you know, assets that belong to the state. And they could work anywhere and make a ton more money, but we need them working in state service and public service. And and my issue that I take with the, the governor and his uh, talking point or the way he's selling an income tax cut as a pay raise for working people to say $100 a year as a pay raise is just absolutely wrong. Be honest about who it really helps, which is those at the tippy top, the top 1% get over $2,000 a year. That's who gets the you know if you want to call it a pay raise but the but, cost to the state of Oklahoma the services that vulnerable Oklahomans need the cost to the important investments we have to make in our state I don't agree with hoarding money in savings uh, I think that was an argument from the other side of the aisle no one's asking for that in fact it feels like it was hoarded so that you could advocate for an income tax cut when really there's still agencies that are either having no increase or have a flat budget that they've requested, which is still a cut because there are still costs to their agency just to operate. Um, there are still areas that we could be investing in Oklahoma without, you know, quote unquote, growing government, as the governor says. Um, we've been down this road before, and that's been our argument is that if we're going to have tax cuts, let's really look at the impact and how it helps Oklahomans but doesn't harm our budget like an income tax. We already know it does. We've been through this before. One of our listeners sent us a text saying, why not uh, do a one-time tax rebate like what was done in 2005? That actually was discussed uh, and passed off the House floor, was it last year? Uh, And I think, honestly, I remember, I I can't remember where my, my good friend Leader Munson voted. I remember Andy Fugate railing on it. Uh, you know, as a ploy, I think it was two years ago because it was right before elections. Uh, as we're gonna, we need to take a break. We're going to be back with more. You're listening to the right time for West Oklahoma and Crossfire. Cindy Munson, Anthony Moore on the program. We'll find out what's good on a Friday coming right. up in just a few moments. What if I told you you could wash your car as often as you wanted for as low as eighteen dollars a month? Just download the EverWash app. Choose your wash plan. 
pay one flat rate and wash your car as often as you want. Wash it every single day. No contracts, no commitments. Just a month-to-month membership. Choose single, double, triple, or home-run wash plans. They even have free vacuums. EverWash, your car's never been cleaner. Two locations in Weatherford, across from Sonic and on Airport Road. Checking in on the Beef Checkoff. Join us today, Heather Buckmash with the Oklahoma Beef Council. Let's talk about Connected TV. Absolutely, Ron. As the world of advertising continues to evolve, Connected TV has emerged as a powerful platform for reaching audiences. With its ability to deliver targeted, immersive content to viewers on their connective devices, Connected TV advertising has gained significant momentum. Why does this matter to the Beef Checkoff? Connected TV advertising offers us an affordable and targeted way to reach consumers with Beef TV commercials. In 2023, the OBC funded such advertising in Oklahoma and provided additional support in key population centers across the U.S. during the summer grilling period. The primary message of the advertising focused on new National Beef It's What's for Dinner campaign with the theme, Together We Bring More. As a result of this funding effort and partnership, consumers saw our beef video ads more than 9 million times at a cost of 3 cents per view. That's pretty amazing. Thanks, Heather. To learn more about your beef checkoff, go to drivingdemandforbeef.com. The Binger Nursing and Rehabilitation Care Facility offers skilled nursing in a quiet setting of a small town. We pride ourselves with positive attitudes, and you can rest assured your loved one is receiving the most loving care possible. We offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy, and a wide range of planned activities on and off-site. Come join us for a tour of our facility at Binger Nursing and Rehabilitation. We have the highest facility ratings for care in the area, according to government sources. Binger Nursing Facility, the place for someone you love. Here's Rick Dahlgren from Boss and Bling talking about basic firearm training. A lot of people are afraid of guns, and we don't want them to be afraid. So this class basically takes you from, I don't know anything, to all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I can do this. It's fun. Shooting handguns can be very fun. And that's what we try to do is just get the fun involved in it. Start shooting today. Take the short drive to Boss and Bling Firearm Solutions. Easy to find and easy to shoot. South of I-40 between Clinton and Weatherford. Google Boss and Bling for directions. 728, you're listening to Crossfire with Cindy Munson, Minority Leader of the Oklahoma House of Representatives, and Anthony Moore, Leader in the Republican Party in the Oklahoma House of Representatives. Uh, we were talking about tax cuts and whatnot, but uh, what's good? what's good today? for you, Anthony Moore? Well, I'm kind of going to go a different way with this. I just want to give a shout-out to the Shepard family. Uh, Alan Shepard passed away uh, this week, and what's good for me is he was a great friend, Uh, really someone, a conservative leader, someone that was always, you know, supportive of me. Tammy Tammy was my T-ball coach. Tammy and Alan have supported me for 30-whatever years now, Uh, and so um, we're going to miss Alan. Uh, So my my thoughts and prayers are with uh, Daniel Mindy, uh, Lizzie, that whole crew. So that that it it may not seem good, but he was just a great guy, and it's going to be very very greatly missed. And obviously, we're coming to you from the Shepherd Home Health and Hospice Studio. Uh, he just was a fantastic person, so and he's very supportive of a lot of things in the he, community. He, he had the biggest heart, and he donated to everybody and anybody in need. He made statewide news a couple of years ago, giving a car and filling it with groceries to someone who was on the news and was losing, you know, needed a car. And yeah, just exactly. saw it and wanted to help. And just a great man. Representative Munson, what's good on a Friday? Well, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of him and thinking of him and his family. For me, something good is I have been so grateful for the warm weather. So I'm watching the sunrise here in a minute once we hop off here. 
headed to the Capitol. Um, grateful for warm weather. Uh, have the afternoon to hopefully enjoy a little bit of it. Very today. good. And, and it looks like we're going to have a pretty decent day out there, and it's been nice. Thank both of you for being on the program. Every Friday, it's Crossfire. Next week, uh, we'll have uh, Josh Grove uh, Josh with Grove. us from West. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Josh West from Grove will be on if the program. If he was from the West, but he's from the East. Yeah, so the guy with the West name, but he lives in the East. Cindy, we'll- I'll see you Monday. We're excited to get after it, right? Woohoo! Here we go. <laughs> That's going to wrap up Crossfire this morning. You've been listening to Crossfire on the right time for Western Oklahoma. Available on News Talk KCLI Radio and archived on Apple and Google Podcasts. Simply search Right Time for Western Oklahoma or download the app. Just search News Talk KCLI in your app store. Crossfire is a courtesy of ASAP General Stores and Lucille's Roadhouse. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.